Well, let's get into our whatever our warm up section is going to be. Can I take? Can I get a suggestion from the audience? I'm hearing dentist's office. Uh, <laughs> a dentist's office. Hello there. Oh fuck. No, no. Oh fuck. He's Cockney. See, this is like this is like Victorian times. So the dentist is just like smearing sugar and cocaine on her teeth. That's the secret. They want to steal your teeth for the machinations. <laughs> smog fills the twisting streets of Morvane, the vast imperial metropole of the Karthic Empire. Churning gently in the sea air, it begins to settle into the cracks between the cobbles, blanketing the city with a layer of salt and industrial grime. Morvane has existed from time immemorial, or at least as long as recorded history can remember. It has risen and fallen and risen again. And now, more than ever, it is alive. The advent of steam power and industrial machinery has rapidly transformed the landscape of the city, catapulting it into a new age. An age where crumbling bricks contrast with glinting metal and gas-powered airships hang aloft among Gothic spires. On a rocky cliffside towards the outer reaches of the city, where the wealthy lounge in walled-off manor houses far from the grease-stained squalor of the inner core, we see the silhouetted form of a chateau. Adjoining it, a lush greenhouse, its wrought iron details just barely visible in the low light. Inside, we see a peacock scratching around, pecking at bits of sand and carefully landscaped gravel. It's a beautiful bird, plumage in its full glorious shine, and as it forages around for insects, we see, in the back of the frame, the motion of the greenhouse's outer door as it swings open. The cool air rolling in catches the bird's attention, and slowly, carefully, it adjusts its stride, moving cautiously towards the opening, stepping cautiously out into the night. The peacock ruffles its feathers, feeling the sensation of the sea breeze on its skin and contemplating, in whatever way peacocks can, its newfound freedom. For the first time, it pecks at the earth outside of its glass cage. And then we watch as a dark, tendril-like shape emerges out of the blanket of gray, wrapping itself around the peacock's leg and pulling it with one short, strangled cry into the fog. Every every author just retired. <laughs> Thank you. That was really good. Good morning uh, or evening or whatever time of the day this audio finds you. And welcome to Dice Fellows. This is a podcast about friends playing role-playing games. Uh, my name is Percy. I use he, him pronouns. And I am your keeper for this, our inaugural campaign. The four of us have put together what I think is a really fun setting. It's kind of a dark Victorian fantasy with steampunk elements that takes inspiration from video games like Dishonored, but with more of a, I don't know, cosmic horror twist. And if that sounds something like something that would interest you, listen on. If you want to hear a little more in-depth discussion about the world, the characters, uh, the things that inspire us, and also some Treasure Planet talk, we have an optional Session Zero episode in the feed where we develop the concept together. We are going to be playing a game called Monster of the Week, which is a Powered by the Apocalypse game designed by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. 
If you're not familiar with Monster of the Week, it's a genuinely wonderful RPG about hunting monsters that normally has an X-Files feel, but we've chopped and screwed it a little so we can play the King's Ghostbusters. Uh, and also, as I've alluded to, this is not a one-man show in any way. And um, right now, I guess we can just take a minute and have everyone introduce themselves and their character and also introduce their playbook in as much or as little detail as you want. We're going to go uh, Peyton Aubrey Kit. Cool. Hi, everybody. My name is Peyton. Um, I use they, them pronouns, and I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm playing Wendy Palmer, um, and she is the spooky, um, which is a class based on all of your canonical spooky little girls. Um, she's 21 years old. She's dressed in perpetual Sunday school wear. And all you really need to know is that she ran away from home and now lives under the care of a rich benefactress who you will meet very shortly. And yes, I am said rich benefactress. My name is Aubrey. I use she, her pronouns. I am no longer a frog. I was kissed by a princess and returned to human form. Um, it sucks. I, I Being a frog was better, but we, uh, we live with the hand we're dealt. I am playing Lady Evelyn Knox, the expert playbook, a la Giles from Buffy. She is an occult-obsessed noble who is running a monster hunting business out of her mansion. <laughs> She's like middle-aged, pretty severe looking, usually keeps her hair in a bun and will wear suits around the town. <laughs> hey, I am Kitch. I use he, him pronouns. I am an actor and cryptid haunting uh, the streets of the nation's capital. Uh, come find me. Or I'll find you first. I am playing Murdoch Booker. He is the flake of our little squad. The flake is similar to... What's his face? Murdoch is so similar to Mulder. Fox Mulder from The X-Files. He is a conspiracist. He fought in a war that uh, left him very scarred, missing a leg, but replaced said leg with uh, something more fun. He has an inherent distrust of the government and of other people. Yeah, he's he's a little bit inspired by the cyborg pirate from Treasure Planet, which is why we brought up Treasure Planet like a second ago. Yeah, I, I, pro I promise it wasn't out of nowhere, although I am always thinking about Treasure Planet. We are all always thinking about Treasure Planet. Yeah. 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 Think about that Martin Short robot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that guy sucks. Okay, also shout out DC, our, our nation's most transgender city in the world. Um, <laughs> we learned that today. <laughs> as, as we were talking about just a second ago, DC is like 13% yeah, trans. It's 100% like transgender. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Did we say 13? We meant 30. Sorry. Yeah, 13. I mean, 13 is probably the more conservative estimate. Did somebody say conservative? Ooh, <laughs> That's what you're going to get found. on this podcast. I mean, the conservative <laughs> estimate is like 60%. Uh, before I forget how to talk, let's, let's just talk about our first principles powered by the Apocalypse Games. Uh, and this game specifically sets out a handy-dandy little agenda um, for us in our play, which um, we will 
um, just read through before we start. Um, I want to mention that this is a tabletop role-playing game. It is also an improv show. Um, I have prepared extensive notes, but none of this is in any way scripted. Um, and we are going to be playing an evolving game and making a story together. So I hope that you will be with us on this beautiful ride. As hunters, your agenda, and this is the three of you, just to explain kind of the lexicon of um, Monster of the Week. I am the Keeper, uh, who is the, sort of like the dungeon master or the game master of any other game. I am in charge of all of the players who are non-player characters. And my three beautiful players are the hunters, and their agenda is to act like they're the hero in this story because they are, make their own destiny, find the damn monsters and stop them, and play their hunters like they are real people. My agenda as a keeper is to make the world seem real, play to see what happens, and make the hunters' lives dangerous and scary. So let's do that. In the parlor of Knox Manor, we hear the loud ticking of a clock. Oh, ow, fuck. Turn that <laughs> shit <laughs> down, <loud>. man. <laughs> I imagine this room is having particularly high, maybe even vaulted ceilings, tall windows to look out on the gardens. Maybe it's like paneled. Maybe it's got a little wainscoting. Um, I don't know what uh, you're picturing, Aubrey, in terms of the decor. What what kind of a decorator is is Lady Evelyn? Has she changed anything up? Honestly, honestly, not really. I think it's pretty like I think the parlor is pretty standard. And and Knox Manor is is not necessarily there. There is the Knox Manor like sort of country estate. I think this is sort of your like uh, what's the opposite of a summer home? Like sort of a fall to spring home mm, yeah. <laughs> that you have here in the city. Yeah, it's like how they have their main estate, but then they have like the house in the city for just when they go in for visits. Uh, and this is that. This is the the house that you have been inhabiting, um, and you are in this this sitting room with these tall windows, which normally would give you a beautiful view of of the gardens and perhaps even the uh, cliffside and and see beyond it. But the atmosphere today is pretty gray, uh, and all that can be sit- seen out of this window is a thick haze. And sitting across from you on a wide sofa is um, one very nervous-looking man. Uh, he's probably in his mid to late 20s. It's kind of difficult to tell. Um, he has uh, just brown, short hair. He looks a little bit nondescript, but he's got a little bit of scruff. Um, he's dressed sharply but plainly in a blue jacket and slacks tucked into tall, dark boots. And just a moment ago, he arrived at your doorstep, introducing himself as uh, one of the, I, I don't know, foot, footmen of uh, Harrington Crane, um, who is uh, a, a person known to you. He is an eccentric publishing magnate owner of a few different periodicals. He's got a popular gossip rag, and he's he's got this edgy men's magazine, uh, which is called Leisure Man. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> love it. Uh, and and that's that's literally all that he's said so far. He did like like he's waiting now for for your your butler Vern to bring in some tea, and he's just kind of sitting there looking um, uncomfortable. 
Are we all here too, or is this just? I think that I think that you are all here. Are you all here? We're what, all here. And, baby. and in what configuration are you sitting? Lady Evelyn is sitting directly across from from this man's. Um, she is she is like reclined in in her uh, sofa, just kind of like she's smoking a cigarette from like one of those one of those like long cigarette holders, just bemusedly kind of waiting for him to continue his story. I imagine myself uncomfortably in an armchair sitting kind of just at the business end of Lady Evelyn's cigarette and very actively waving away smoke whenever it gets into my face. <laughs> it's it's giving Buster and Lucille Bluth. <laughs> uh, Murdoch is also smoking. He, he He's glad to hear that smoking's allowed in here because <laughs> I was about to ask... <laughs> Um, Murdoch's <laughs> pacing in the corner. He's not sitting. He's stalking around in the back. The man, the boy, the man. He coughs. The man, the boy, the, boy. the, the lad. The lad coughs. He goes, It's a little smoky in here. You, you get used to it. I promise. Now it's just like Murdoch smoking the fattest fucking cigar. <laughs> like it's not just a cigarette; it's a cigar. If it's too much, you can leave. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You know, it's so smoky outside too. It's just really bad, bad weather today. You know, it's a real fish super out there. Anyway, you were telling us about your problem. I feel like you didn't get the fish soup thing. It's because it's like thick outside and the air's thick like fish soup. Oh. <laughs> the hallmark of a good joke is it is always explaining it. Yeah, well, like I said, um, <clears throat> my name is Petey. And um, did I say that? Several you times, now, actually. Yeah, you're doing great. But do go on. Well, my name's Petey. Um, I work for Harrington Crane. And um, he sent me over because he said... That you, um, he said actually that you would, um, understand the assignment. He says that, um, you know, when there's like sort of a problem that he can't solve, um, that has sort of a mysterious component, um, that I should come over and talk to you. Petey's doing so much work, not, not to say Ghostbusters right now. <laughs> um, when there's a problem <laughs> with a spooky thing. Um, and I, and he said that. Um, you were the ones to call. <laughs> so, is there please. something strange <laughs> in my in my neighborhood? There's something strange. <laughs> An invisible man, you say? <laughs> you said? You said nothing of the sort. You said what makes you feel good? <laughs> Y'all know more lyrics to this song than I thought. <laughs> I I only I only know Boston. I actually don't know the proper lyrics to the song. <laughs> Um, I look over to Lady Evelyn, wondering if we're going to give this guy the time of day. We are a little short on time at the moment, so if you are going to to get to the root of the problem, I'd appreciate if you could just proceed. And right as he's about to start, uh, Vern comes in with the tea uh, and and sets it sets it down in front of him. He takes um, sort of a, a a little sip and immediately burns himself uh, and sets it back down. Hi, Vern. Should I do British? Yeah, how, what do you how British should I go? Can I do British? I don't know if I can maintain. <laughs> Let me try. Yeah, okay, go for Ready? it. Ready? This is all in. This is all in. 
Hello, Lady Evelyn. It was actually me that said hi, but that's okay. Sorry about that. Oh, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Petey starts in on his story. He says, um, there's a little bit of a problem with the birds um, on the estate, as in um, something came in last night and um, ate a lot of them. Have you considered that it might just be a neighborhood cat? Well, we considered that, but um, most neighborhood cats don't have the ability to um, melt off metal locks and then open doors. Okay, now now Lady Evelyn like leans forward, visibly becoming more interested in the story. Melting off the metal locks, you say? <clears throat> yes, well... Um, the greenhouse has a has a lock on it, has sort of a, a, lock, a locking mechanism, you know, a lock. And, I'm familiar um, with the concept. Whatever this thing is, um, it came in in the middle of the night and it destroyed the lock completely and got into the greenhouse. And, um, well, it, it ate several of Mr. Crane's prized peacocks um, oh. and um, left the door wide open for for many of the birds to escape and um all of the commotion woke me um and i I came to investigate but i I wasn't there quickly enough to get a look at what it was and so those poor creatures what What time did you wake up of the birds were left were were they like excuse me skeletons eating carcasses excuse me miss evelyn what time was it when you woke up i must have been around midnight. Midnight. Okay. That's a scary time of day. Some would say the scariest. I would say, but I, I'm, but I'm, I'm naturally scared. Yeah. I'm sort of, a, I'm sort of a Brady cat. That's me, Petey. <laughs> That's my deal. We can never tell. Wait, say more about the state of the bodies, though, Petey. Well, the state of the bodies is gruesome. How gruesome? <laughs> Snap necks. First Snap of all. Necks. Broken. Like a clean break. <laughs> Dirty break. Dirty break. Ooh. Interesting. Broken in a couple places, I would say. Several um, places. Something with a lot of uh power. I would say that the state of the bodies was um ripped into with some kind of teeth or something. They don't look exactly like normal tooth marks, but they the flesh was ripped apart like I've never seen. A lot of feathers. Thank you for reliving that for us, Petey. I'm sure that was difficult. Um, I can only speak for myself, but uh, uh, Lady Evelyn, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel entirely convinced at this point that we are dealing with a supernatural presence. Am I wrong that breaking a lock and snapping a few birds' necks is something that any vagrant could really do if given the right circumstances? Uh, pardon me, but what is it that convinces you, Petey, that this is something that might require our special services? Petey looks a little bit hesitant to say. Um, <laughs> Time to roll, he, baby. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Do you want to persuade him to, to tell his tale? I think I'm going to manipulate someone, yeah. Or, yeah, sure. What might this be? Let me think. <laughs> I'm going to kick some ass. Fuck you, Petey. Um, yeah, I think this is a... Okay, yeah, this is just to manipulate someone. So roll with charm. One of the stats in Monster of the Week that I am not good at. 
Yeah. Um, do you want to, I'll, I'll just, while you're, while you're rolling, I think it would be helpful to have a little bit of, um, sort of yeah. clarification on the rules. Um, in Monster of the Week, there are five stats, charm, cool, sharp, tough, and weird. Um, and each of our players has some moves that they can do, uh, kick some ass, act under pressure, help out, investigate a mystery, manipulate someone, protect someone, read a bad situation, mm. use magic, big magic. Um, all of these will come up eventually, hopefully. Um, so we can review those as they happen. But the main mechanic of this game is that you are rolling not more than two dice, adding your modifier to it, and seeing what happens. It's very easy. We have three different success types. And which one did you get, Peyton? <laughs> so about that, um, <laughs> I, okay, as a class feature, I was rolling uh, with weird as opposed to charm um, because mm. I have telepathy. So I was attempting to coerce this information out of PD without speaking. That being said, uh, it adds up to a five, which is a miss. I don't think that there is a consequence built in to manipulate someone. On a fail, it just fails. On a fail, it um, just fails. I can give you a consequence, um, <laughs> which is that, okay. which is that Petey, Petey gives a deep shiver and looks perturbed as if he noticed that someone was trying to probe into his mind. And he says, I don't want to talk about what I saw. Wendy feels deeply guilty for having done what she did, and the shame is palpable on her face. When you say melted, like, describe it. How did you even... The door handles were just melted off the door, like... Melted onto the side of the door. Melted onto the side of the door. Mm. But yes, melted as if by acid. Acid. See, that's enough convincing for me. I'm, I'm interested in what could possibly have a hand so hot that it just melts the handle right into the fucking door. I wince at the curse. <laughs> Not used to that sort of talk in the country. Yes, I, I, I am quite interested in um, what what might emit such corrosives. Sounds fun. I'm not so interested about the birds, though. All the time, you didn't get the time right. Midnight's not the spookiest hour. We all know that it's 3 a.m., Right, three in the in the morning. I don't think I've even ever been up that late. Oh my god! I'm with Petey on this. Evelyn, Evelyn, you need to teach your ward better. No, I think I think my dear Wendy is fine, fine with her current bedtime. Yes, that's right. Seven thirty, just as the lady <laughs> demands. <laughs> I do wonder what's happening to all my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That one's for the Patreon. That's a deep cut. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very worried about all the birds. You say they're roaming the city if they haven't met with a worse fate? I, I suppose, yeah. A, a lot of them got out, you know, parrots and oh my. parakeets and, um, you know. A third I'm not one? So good with yeah. birds. A lot of them, I think, just escaped and uh, some poor portion of the uh, more unfortunate souls were consumed. <laughs> I certainly don't know of any cats that with so uh, voracious an appetite. If you know a cat that's got corrosive paws or saliva, please let me know immediately. I would like this cat. Very well, Petey. We, we, we shall look into this. Thank you. I, 
Do you know the way there? Would Would you like to come back with me now? Sure. Why don't you show us the scene of the crime? Okay. I, I can do that. As you are heading out of the house, I think perhaps he like reaches out as if to physically catch your arm and then sort of pulls back as if he is thinking the better of it. Um, you are flagged down by uh, Claude Derringer, who is residing in what was formerly your groundskeeper's house. Yeah. Claude Derringer is is maybe just north of 50. He's got a, a narrow face and seemingly permanent dark circles under his eyes. Um, he is faintly handsome, despite the obvious signs of stress. He he carries a, a cane that is has a handle of, of just polished brass uh, that you assume has some kind of mechanical component that you can't see. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Derringer later um, because he says, um, if you get a minute uh, later, Lady Evelyn, um, could you and Murdoch, Murdoch in particular, could you come and meet me in my workshop? Very well. We shall see you later. All right. He um he lets you go. Um, Percy, you got so sexy with it. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> did I, I go too sexy with it? No, you didn't. Did no. I go too sexy with no, it? I don't is, know. It was supposed thing. to be sexy alone. No, good. I don't think you can go too sexy with that. With that. Yeah. I, I was about to say, like, projects that he's working on. Wow, I didn't realize Murdoch was just, like, a project. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. That's so cute. What a cute little pet name. <laughs> This is this is sort of your employer, I suppose. Um, <laughs> employer, you um, sort of exit um, out into the yard where uh, you see there is a, a horse uh, waiting, which presumably Petey rode in on. But uh, the the four of you can easily walk together. He takes the reins of this horse and he walks you all the way um, to the Crane Mansion, I yeah. guess. He walks you all the way to the Crane Mansion, which is not particularly far. It's probably like a 10 to 15 minute walk. It's within the same neighborhood uh, of Glen Hill. Um, and as you walk, you observe just sort of rising up on either side. These like, I guess, I guess many of them would be like English Manor style or perhaps even like Tudor style um, homes. Um, a lot of them have very beautiful brickwork. You know, this is a type of, this is a place within the city where really most of the rich folks live um and he is taking you closer towards the cliffside um and you arrive outside of this wild house it's not much bigger than knox manor if at all but it is far more ostentatious it the walk up is very carefully landscaped he's got like topiaried hedges he's got like a little water feature and the house itself is in a slightly different architectural style than those surrounding it it looks a little bit more like a chateau than a country house Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole lot is up against the cliffside. The view is probably quite nice on a clear day, but again, it's a real fish super. All you're seeing is sort of this thick whitish gray fog mixed with industrial smog. And he brings you right up to the walkway uh, and uh, opens the door for you. And the interior of this building is is even more richly decorated than the facade. Um, the foyer is, is very, I, I think it's got like a like beautiful like shimmering parquet flooring it's got a lot of statues it's got like a baroque looking wallpaper and on the way to um what pd informs you is uh crane's study you pass uh, a sitting room there's sort of like a tall 
bored looking woman flipping through old copies of Leisure Man. You pass like a huge kitchen. You pass an indoor swimming pool that's done up in like this beautiful blue tile to look almost like a Roman bath if that existed one-to-one in this universe. Um, And eventually you are led into his study. And you see sitting at uh, this elegant mahogany desk, a vaguely sleazy looking man. He's got this curtain of like, he's got like a middle part, you know, Mm. curtain of dirty blonde hair um, and which falls almost to his shoulders. He's got like a a, a little mustache in a style that is fashionable at the moment. Uh, and he is wearing a silk robe over pajamas. Uh, and when you enter, he is clearly trying to stuff a handkerchief back into his pocket. Um, his eyes are a little bit red. And he says, oh, Hey, hello there. Mr. Crane, it's nice to meet you. Lady Evelyn, your reputation precedes you. I'm sure it does. I understand that you have a bit of a bird problem. Yeah. Um, I hope you don't mind. Heard about your services from uh, Mr. Sir, I'm sorry, Sir Shaw. I really, really, really need your help. I don't know. How how much did Petey tell you? He told us about the missing birds, the snapped necks... The melted locks. Am I missing anything? Excuse me, Mr. Crane. Why do you have a lake in your house? Wendy doesn't understand the concept of a pool. Anyway, go on. He he just look. He just gives Lady Evelyn just like a a blank look. Like like what is this? <laughs> is this a prank? I'm sorry. Who is this child? Am I the only one? This is Wendy. She is my ward. I'm teaching her the ways of the world. Let's move on. Do do we have a lake in our house? Murdoch just whispers, don't piss in it. They get upset when you do that. When I what? Don't piss in it. That was the furthest thing from my mind, Mr. Booker. Fucking, uh, wow, fancy you. <laughs> Not assuming that it's a fucking toilet. Would you, as you say, piss in one of God's lakes? <laughs> uh you are led um through through the back doors into this this structure you 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 are led all the way back through the way that you just came in and then through a beautiful dining room a beautiful parlor a beautiful library that is empty of books um and <laughs> eventually <laughs> how is it a library then a beautiful shelf like, room. It's an almost it's a soon to be like what when a yeah. library is about to become a library what what is it that yeah. it's a beautiful thing it's full of potential it's um, full of potential <laughs> I, I think i think i was imagining that it was like full of old magazine issues but i don't know oh why I that's said that. cool. can you cut that whole part no i'm leaving it in <laughs> double it I, well it's also it's a little bit jay gatsby because like they're like they're not there aren't real books in jay gatsby's room oh. um well i guess they're like they're like uncut raw books you know, like he hasn't cut the pages yet because he hasn't read them, but you wouldn't be able to tell that. And I realized that in the moment. So I was like, it's empty. Anyway, you're led through the back doors into the structure that adjoins the building. It is a lofty greenhouse with wide glass panels that stretch nearly two stories before they terminate in an arch. It's a beautiful building. I described it a little bit at the beginning. It, it looks very much like the one that you saw in your in your mind's eye, mm. um, <laughs> except in the daylight, you can see that it has a lot of art of arguably tacky marble busts. And today it looks particularly eerie. There's a, a little bit of, of 
fog collected on the floor um, just because some of the condensation has crept in. Um, and you can see the glass dotted with dewdrops. Um, and you also hear like sort of a faint shuffling sound as if there is uh, construction happening somewhere on this on this lot. Um, but uh, Crane makes no comment on that. He leads you in, does a big gesture over his head and says, um, yes, it's in here. This is where the, this is the bird's house? <laughs> yeah, it was the bird's oh, house. Oh, you poor man. Uh, can I do a roll for connecting the dots? Sure. Yeah. Would Do you want to explain uh, to our beautiful listening audience what connecting the dots entails? Yeah, of course. So the flake has a move called connect the dots. At the beginning of each mystery, if you look for the wider patterns that the current events might be a part of, roll sharp. And depending on what I roll will depend on how good I do it. Yeehaw. That's going to be an eight. So there are set questions that I can ask on yes. a 10 plus. I get to ask three on a seven through nine. I get to ask one and six or lower. I fail, but I rolled an eight. So I'm going to ask, what does the monster want from this person? From this person, it wants a safe place and it wants something to eat. Um. Murdoch's looking around and he's like, wow, a glorified chicken coop. All right. So I, I don't know if Murdoch actually has anything to say about that. Okay. <laughs> Except for a glorified chicken coop. <laughs> Drops insult, refuses to elaborate. It's really expensive. Or he, he goes over He goes over to uh, Evelyn and he goes, this looks like a glorified chicken coop to me. Quite. And then I think... Lady Evelyn reaches into reaches into the pocket of her suit and pulls out like a comically large uh, magnifying glass. <laughs> I'd like to take a look around if you'd give us a moment, my dear. And can I roll to investigate a mystery? Uh, you must. I must. I have no choice. All right. That is a uh, 12. I solved the mystery, people. Is that like a, a big success on a 12 plus? You may ask the keeper any questions you want about the mystery, not just the listed ones, which I prepared answers for. Feel free to freestyle it, or you can ask any of the prescribed questions. Mm. So you can ask either a freeform question or two set questions. Um, I want to I know what is being concealed here. Um, what is being concealed here? As you, as you sort of take a step out, um, investigating the area uh, where the door was, the handle was sort of melted off um, and the door was swung open, um, you step out into the fog um, in the direction of the cliff and you see that off in the distance there are sort of the silhouettes of workers who are, they're, they're digging like a big hole, removing a lot of rocks and dirt piling them into wheelbarrows and dumping them off the side of the cliff. Large hole. Quite interesting. <laughs> Big hole. Our favorite thing. You love a large hole. Um, if you don't mind, I think that concurrent with Lady Evelyn's investigating, I'm trying to collect all the names of the birds that are lost or dead. Crane is very amenable to this. Okay, good. Um, and he says, okay, Sapphire? Sapphire? Pretty. 
Oh, that's a sweet name. Wish someone Darling. had thought to name me something like that. Well, now we're now it's sort of seeming like the same thing, but that's okay. George. Oh my. <laughs> Tiger. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm behind. Darling. <laughs> George. <laughs> Tiger. Ladybug. Ladybug. Emerald. Emerald. Percy came prepared with a three-page list of bird names. <laughs> <laughs> are these all peacocks or are some of these peahens? Oh, these are not only my beef owl, but my, um, you know, my, my golden conor, my, my, um, my blue macaw, my, all, all of my birds. Oh. Escaped or, uh, but at worst, I'm sorry. This is very emotionally difficult for me. I'm really not used to dealing with these kinds of big emotions. That is so all right. That is, you take all the time and space. You I might need. need to lay down. Go, yeah, I maybe. Do I need to be here for this? No, take a dip in your lake. Can, in your okay. Lake. I, can Murdoch uh, check out this door handle? Yeah, he can. Um, you check out the door handle. It's, it's pretty much like Petey said. Um, it's, it's melted, sort of like the, the lock apparatus and and a lot of the handle itself is is just kind of smeared across the um glass pane there's a little bit of a hole um where the lock was um and it seems like whatever opened this door just like reached in through the little hole it would be difficult for like you to get your hand through maybe somebody with a small hand could do it i feel like i feel like taking a look at the door handle would be would be a good time to ask um what sort of creature is this you're not entirely sure, but it seems like some kind of a... Um, honestly, like, when you touch the handle, you come away with a little bit of something slimy that the longer it stays on your fingers, the more it makes it kind of tingle. Um, oh. So you think that it's something that can produce some kind of corrosive slime or um, perhaps can regurgitate some kind of acid oh but it can also break a neck see that's tricky to me because i was thinking like gelatinous cube for a second well you notice that whatever this slime is is also kind of smeared up the up the outside of the door oh murdoch goes to lady evelyn it looks like something was hungry right this quite i don't know that it has anything to do with mr crane here i i just think this was a prime spot for some chicken cutlet, if you know what I mean. Agreed. Who would eat such beautiful creatures like Sapphire, Pretty, Darling, George, Tiger? Wendy, you need to learn that birds, for one thing, are not to be trusted. Why on earth not? You can teach a bird to say anything. They have eyes for the government. We know that the that they are training hawks there with they the government. Are? You know not to trust them. I know they're pretty. And and at this point, you don't mean birds to mean women, right? Uh, of course, <laughs> of course. No, no, no. And this is true about the uh, hawks being trained by the state? We'll talk about it another time, though, but they're real, but... They're fake in the way they behave with you. <laughs> they're fake. They're posers. <laughs> Evelyn just like whispers in Wendy's ear like, don't ask questions. Just smile and nod along. The more time I spend with him, the darker the world seems. Exactly. <laughs> and I make it seem bright and cheery, I suppose. Milady, you often do, except now I'm 
beginning to really question why you make me go to bed so early and what's happening to all my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Evelyn, you mentioned something about a big dig. Yes, quite. I've noticed that there is there is some construction happening in the distance, and there is a possibility that they unearth something. Oh my! Well, we all know that devils dwell beneath the surface. Sure. <laughs> Shot down. Yeah, whatever, kid. I think it might be in our interest to investigate. How do we? How do we get there? <laughs> Question for Percy. How do we get there? How do you get where? To the hole. We to the hole, you take you us step to outside hole. of the greenhouse and you walk about 20 paces, I, which is where Evelyn to, found it. You have it. to make it's a nature just... check to travel through difficult terrain. Roll, roll, the, roll the walk forward. Roll on the random roll encounter not, table roll the like, to, see if we, to see if we run into trouble along the way. Yeah. Um, you, you can go to the hole. There's there's some men at work here. They just, they're cool. just like, they, they, they have, they actually, there is sort of like a mechanical, um, not necessarily anthropomorphic. But there is an an automaton at work alongside them. Um, it is sort of some kind of mechanical digging machine with one large arm. Murdoch, does this arouse you? <laughs> Murdoch, Murdoch's looking at the robot. <laughs> it, it's got a it's it's big and shiny and sexy. Um, yeah, it's got a, it's got a big um, c- curvaceous base. They inexplicably and, and, built it in ass. Wow. <laughs> What are what are you guys picture? Help help me help me describe a a a a, a, a digging a, robot. What do you picture a, a digging, big, digging robot? Digging robot. Big, digging I feel robot. like it's got robot. like one of those uh like dr- I feel like it's got like a drill arm and a shovel arm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's like um. You ever see like one of those excavators where it's like they have the, they have like the they have like the backhoe arm. And they have like a different arm, like on the back. Yeah, it's yeah. like that, but it's it's more like a person. Yeah, it's it's like sort of it's sort of almost like a headless golem. Like it's got sort of like a round shape to it, um, and it's got a and it's got a drill attachment coming coming directly out of its chest, and it's sort of drilling um, into this sort of like soft limestone that is um, in this cliffside terrain. Mm. Um, and there is somebody in the back who's piling coal into it. Um, and there's sort of like a smoke rising um, off of it, um, and contributing, sort of commingling with this, um, with the marine layer to create a grayish fog. Um, but you can see that there there are several people at work, and they're they're taking this uh, soft sediment that's being drilled out and putting it into wheelbarrows and sort of carting it off. The crane is gone, right? He left to. to... Well, he's taken. Yeah, he's taken a bath he's or taken a whatever. Bath. But you do notice that Petey is is um, sort of like. Ah. You did notice Petey lingering a little bit at the greenhouse. Is he still um, here? You get the sense that he may be following you, but the fog is quite thick, so it's difficult to see anybody's face at a distance. We got to find Petey. Petey's the only one who can give us any answers here. Uh, Murdoch's. Uh, there's someone working with the automaton. Uh, there's someone putting coal into it. Yeah, she's a lady. Um, she's a lady. She's she's wearing overalls, um, and she's got. Um, I think they're all wearing. I guess they wouldn't have like high vis, so they're all just pretty much wearing like thick denim jackets, something to keep them warm. Hello, love. Got time for a question? All right, if you make it quick. Great. Ah, oh, we're doing a little investigation around here, and we were wondering how how long have you been working here? I'd say around about. Oh, what was that? I'd say around about two weeks. I like that. Two weeks. 
Uh, we're here last night. Now, we go home around probably. I mean, we're 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 done with the sun, you know. Wow, wow, wow! I can't do an accent. No, it was really <laughs> good. You were doing very northern for a second. Yeah, we're out with the sun. So nothing to report from last night. Ah, uh, my my wife was snoring. Oh, isn't <laughs> real loud like old ball and chain? Where right, where, okay. where am I from? I don't know. You'll never know. <laughs> Thank you. Just wanted to check in. She she gives you a, a nod and keeps shoveling. All right. So they didn't well, see shit. I was watching. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna yell into the fog. PD, is PD here? <laughs> Oh, that's Petey. <laughs> if I know Petey. I'm sorry, I have asthma. Oh, you poor thing. That, this feel like unsafe working conditions for Petey. Murdoch and Evelyn are now smoking two <laughs> cigars and two cigarettes at once. It's matching the emissions <laughs> has shown of the up. digging robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Petey, come come here out of the smoke. <laughs> uh, he steps he steps downwind of the smoke. I guess upwind. Hi. Um, Evelyn, did you have any questions for Petey? I was more on the, the Petey retrieval side of the, you know, the organization. Yes, Petey, dear. It would appear that you're withholding some information that might be helpful to our investigation. Now would be a good chance for you to come clean. He looks nervous. Are you attempting to manipulate him? I suppose I am. <laughs> That's a seven. Uh, seven to nine is a partial success. On a seven to nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. If you ask too much, they'll tell you what, if anything, it would take for them to do it. Uh, he still looks nervous. All right. I, I guess Evelyn gets gets a little closer to him, like puts a hand on his shoulder and is like her best attempt at being like soothing of like, no, no, there's nothing to be afraid of. We can keep you safe. It's just, uh, we need a little more information to do so. I'm just, wor- I'm just a little worried that you're gonna think that I'm crazy. And I don't want everybody to think that old Petey's gone crazy. Also, I'm not that old. I don't want anybody to think the young Petey has gone crazy. You're 12. You're 12 years old. I'm probably like 26. <laughs> it's really you know i was i i i didn't know my parents my age is more of a best guess this is not this is not the group of people to be accusing anybody of being crazy murdoch offers a drag of his cigar <laughs> Pity, you don't you have to. okay you gotta put that out i'll tell you but you gotta put that out um, i'm afraid Mr. the Booker. smoking is uh non-negotiable okay i'll tell you when I heard the sound of the peacocks and, you know, the birds and all of the general ruckus, I came out to investigate and um, I had my lantern. You have to know that um, it was really dark outside and really foggy and I didn't fully see or maybe I didn't fully comprehend what I was seeing. I stepped outside into the greenhouse and I guess I scared it when I was on my way out because it was already leaving. But as it left, I saw a shape 
whatever that thing was, probably three, four feet across, real dark. I couldn't make out anything about it other than it was, I don't know, some kind of freaky thing. But I swear to God, it vanished like into thin air. Vanished into thin air. Quite interesting. Yeah. So that's why I didn't want to say. Lady Evelyn, I know that I'm your ward, but can wards have wards? Because I think that Petey needs someone to take care of him. Petey, <laughs> Petey appreciates that. Can I, I adopt you, Petey? He just, he, just, he just coughs a little bit. Oh, Petey. Sweetie, remember what we talked about last time you tried to adopt a footman? No, it's just that they're so in need and they're treated so poorly. Oh, Mr. Crane's nice. You know, he lets me swim in the lake. The, you know, the you inside lake. In the lake. Is he looking for warts? <laughs> Evelyn, uh, sorry, Lady Evelyn, do we have a lake that you just haven't told me about? No, I promise I'm not hiding any lakes from you in the house. <sighs> That's all right. Pretty soon there'll be a fish pond out here, getting some construction done. A fish pond? Is that what's being made here? It off, seems awfully deep for a fish pond. Oh, I don't know. There's going to be like a whole water feature. If you can look over there in that little gap, that's where the bridge is going to be, sort of like between the two. So I guess like Murdoch's hearing about this construction. Is is today like a weirdly foggy day? It's it's not like abnormally foggy, but it's been quite foggy for the past two or three days. Sometimes the weather conditions are good for there to be a lot of smog. Yeah. Um, and this is like this these past couple of days have been wet and smoggy, sort of like all of the industrial smog and steam and smoke is like mixing together with um this like marine fog and it's and it's not been very i don't know windy or whatever the conditions would need to be for it to be pushed out so it's just sort of gathering in the city That's it's not question. the worst that it is up here it's definitely the worst that it is when you go further down the hill hmm. and this this hole that's happening 20 feet outside it, this is in relation to the construction that's happening because there's going to be a lake outside of the house uh, yeah this is the this the is the cons- lake this is the construction. Yeah. He's getting like a little garden uh, uh, going. You can you can see kind of like where they're digging out the fish pond, where they're digging out the beds. We should go can like... I do... Yeah, uh, Murdoch's only got two moves at the moment. Uh, can can I do an attempt to connect some dots about this uh, construction? How many times can you use connect the dots? Is there a limit? It's, I think it's a top of session move. Yeah, then, then I will investigate. I didn't realize oh, that... I figured there was actually a limit, but I didn't. I didn't think about that when I just blew it immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. We. Oh well, that's good. Um, that's gonna be a nine. Uh, with a nine on investigative mystery, I believe you get to ask one question. I'll keep it simple. Where did it go? Where did it go is a really great question. Um, if you look uh, down and sort of trace it back. I I think in pursuit of this answer, you go and retrace your steps back to the greenhouse. And you see that this sort of like slimy trail um, actually leads back out and around the greenhouse and off in kind of the other direction from the seaside. Uh, So you can see that if you like look close, this thing has left kind of a a trail uh, of like little clots of blood and slime 
Hmm. It's not like a thick, it's not like a thick slime, but it is thick enough to kind of like, it's left a little bit of a depression in the grass. The grass is sad. Seems our fox here isn't so slick. When you trace it all the way, you can see that it goes up the garden wall. Perhaps over? Over, (laughs) over the garden wall. (laughs) If, I'll allow it. (laughs) Oh, it's gross. This is a gross trail and I don't like it. It makes me mad. There's there's bird blood in those and I know all their names. <laughs> the other rule, Wendy, don't learn the victims' names. You'll grow an attachment and you don't want that. I, this is It'll, such a hard rule for me because I really love We're people. trying to distance ourselves. It's good investigative practice. I'll try my best. Right. Murdoch will follow the slime. <laughs> yeah, Murdoch will follow. <laughs> Murdoch, you go follow the slime. I think you. What do you do? Like boost yourself up this like eight foot wall. Yeah. Oh God. I'm like, he's like looking at his like leg, and he's like, "There is something fun that could be done with this to make getting over walls more fun. Have we established that Murdoch is an amputee? I did establish that he is an amputee and that uh, his replacement leg might be more fun than original leg. You gonna boost yourself? How are you gonna do this? <laughs> you're, gonna, you're just gonna trespass? He's a strong guy. Yeah, he, he's just gonna hoist himself out of the wall. Hoist okay. himself to the top and kind of take a look. I, I feel like he can probably do that. I don't think I'm going to make you roll for that because I think that's reasonably within Murdoch's abilities. He's a very strong and tall man. Uh, he boosts himself up over the wall and he sees the garden of the next home. Um, it's a little bit less ostentatious than this house, but it's definitely very nice. Um, he sees there is also a uh, a landscaped garden here, but this is, is far more like there's like a rose garden um, and, and like a little you know, like a little fountain at the center of it and a patio. And there are also dogs uh, chained up. Um, and uh, as soon as they hear you uh, start, or like, as soon as they see you, I guess, are you, are you like going over the wall? I don't, I don't think he's jumping all the, I think, I, I think he's just at the top, like. I think looking. they still, I think they still bark Yeah, they you. see me though. They, yeah, they yeah. bark, they bark at you. There, there's a couple of dogs barking at you. He's looking at his leg. No. <laughs> no. Oh, no. like a dog? No. If you kill a dog, Wendy never talks to you again for the whole campaign. <laughs> he, a Murdoch has a, uh, he, he's got a line about dogs. That's, that's, a, he wants to pet the dogs. Okay. Birds can go fuck themselves, but he wants to pet the dogs. Okay. Uh, he jumps back down. So... Source of the slime, another pretty yard, but there's dogs this time. What kind of dogs? Angry. Oh. God, of the god variety. Oh, okay. You didn't make them angry? Not that you would. I probably made them angry That's by right. showing my face on the property. <laughs> they're just doing their jobs. Perhaps. They're, they're working. Perhaps we ought to. Working animals. Get permission to enter the backyard. Ugh. I I don't know how kindly they're going to take to. We saw slime in your backyard, so you should. Don't worry, I have my ways. Lady Evelyn, there's probably a good chance you know these people, no? Quite. 
All right, should we go around the front then? Yes. I'm following you. You come around the front of this uh, of this manor house and um, you knock on the door. Um, I almost want to ask you to make just like a pure luck roll. Mm, to see if you know <laughs> to them. To see whether you know this person. That's a good, yeah, I um, like that. Okay, let's make a pure luck roll and you'll tell me how you know this person. Could, we could make it a preparedness roll when you need something unusual or rare. Roll plus sharp. When you need uh, something rare, a good neighbor. Go ahead and make a preparedness roll. All yeah. right. That's an eight. Okay. You get to tell me where you know this person from. But it can't be, it can't be too, it's got to be like a medium thing. <laughs> this is a mixed success. See, so you know you know this person and you have a little bit of history with them, but they're not necessarily your friend. Yeah. I think they were really good friends with with my older sibling. Mm. Mm. Dead now. Okay. How old would your older sibling have been? Probably like 40s, maybe yeah. late 40s. Yeah, I mean like Ev- Evelyn's in her Evelyn is in her 40s, so they were probably... And, like, they were probably just, like, a few years older than her. Okay, so you answer... Answering the door is a woman in her probably later 40s. Um, She's wearing her hair in kind of an updo, um, and she is just, like, in her house clothes. It looks like she might have been painting, actually. She's wearing a smock. Um... And she raises an eyebrow at you. Her name is Beth Milner. And you haven't seen her in probably since before your sibling died. And she raises an eyebrow at you. Lady Evelyn, what a true surprise. What could you possibly be here for? I know. It is it's been so long. We live so close to each other, yet I couldn't even tell you the last time I've seen you. Uh-uh. Yes, well, I could. <laughs> I believe it must have been at your older sibling's funeral. Yes, yes. <laughs> so many years ago, that was. How can I help you? Well, I simply thought that we might stop in for tea. I have a few of a few colleagues of mine who. Yes, this is this is this is my ward, Wendy, and. Strange. And my colleague, uh, Mr. Booker. All right. And we. Well, okay, why did I get strange and he got all right? <laughs> That's so fucked up. I'm just a little lady. I think it's strange to imagine that she has very much to teach you, but sure. Oh, my. Oh, well, she sure. does have very much to teach me, like when the time to go to bed is and why people have lakes in their homes. All right. I suppose you can come in for tea. Um, I have a moment. Um, it's been uh, quite a while, so I would be interested to know about the affairs of the house uh, and the state of the house and what's happened. M- Margaret, she waves over uh, a, a servant. Um, could you put on some tea? I have a surprise visitor today. You you'd like you'd like tea, wouldn't you? Fine with anything as long as it's not that new drivel that's that's all the rage with commoners. Oh no. It's 
Earl Earl Grey. It's horrid. I hate it. Uh, Wonder if I smoke in here? Yes, please don't. Why don't you go out back to have your uh, your cigars? Thank you. I'll, I, I'll be right back. I have to warn you about the dogs. They are quite active today. They um, and last night <laughs> they startled quite easily. Well, that sounds certainly horrid. Did you have some kind of disturbance last night? Oh, they started barking probably a little after 12, and I couldn't figure out what they were going on about. Ruined my sleep. It took them most of an hour to calm down again. Oh, dear. Have you noticed anything unusual in your backyard since then? No, no, not really. Sometimes they do bark at nothing. My only consolation is that it may have kept up Mr. Crane next door. Oh, you're not a fan of his, are you? Oh, him and his ugly mustache and his horrible parties and his many tall women. No, I'm not particularly a fan of his. How many we talking? <laughs> Where does he oh, put them? He's a little bit of an eccentric. He's uh, He lives a bachelor lifestyle. I Sometimes I think it must be all a front, but he keeps up appearances. Uh, excuse me for uh, changing the subject, but what are the dogs' names? The dogs' names are <laughs> Rosie, Rosie and um, Killer. Rosie and <laughs> Killer. And I, I must say, I do have quite the way with canines having been brought up with them in the country. Uh, would you mind if I accompanied Mr. Booker into the backyard? I'm sure I could pull them out of this terrible mood they've been in. Okay. Is there any particular treat that they like to eat? Veal. Oh, my. Um, well, I haven't any veal, but uh, I'm sure that I could um, offer them a, a, a chicken bone or <laughs> anything that I might... F- why don't I just see what my, what my good graces themselves can do? Yeah, all right. What sort of a dog eats veal? This is, vis- this is whispered to Booker. Expensive tops. My goodness. What do you think that she eats if her dogs eat veal? <laughs> Children. Anyway, let's go out here. Wait, what? <laughs> you can't just... Okay. <laughs> We're in uh, the let's, backyard. Let's start with um, Lady Evelyn and then go back to you two. You are in her sitting room. She was indeed working on a still life painting. Um, she takes off her smock and hangs it up. Uh, well, uh, take a seat. Oh, very well. So, dear, how, ha- how um, have you been? Oh, you know, I'd say a um, little better since Harold died. Oh, yes? Oh, yes. Well, I think, I think I'm happier alone. I miss him, you know, but um, things are a little easier. Not expected to entertain quite so much. Yes, I'm so terribly sorry for your loss. And apologize that I couldn't make it to the funeral. It's all right. He never liked you very much. Yes, that is true, isn't it? So, how have, uh, how have things been in the house since your, you know, dear older sibling sadly perished? Should probably give a, give them a name, shouldn't I? Uh, probably never. Never. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, what's 
What's okay. I haven't even decided um, on their gender. Do you wanna do you wanna commit to a name now or should we leave it open? We can leave it open. I'll leave it open. Okay. I have um, some options. It could be sapphire, pretty, darling. <laughs> or petunia or killer. Um yeah, we're gonna we're gonna not get into that into into their name. We'll say we will say it was a sister. Okay. How have things been in the house since your older sister died so mysteriously under such strange circumstances? Things never were the same. Hmm. I, of course. I certainly never intended to inherit the entire family's estate. But I'm doing <laughs> I'm my sure you didn't. I'm doing my best to soundly manage it. Let's cut outside. Uh, you guys are out in this rose garden. It's pretty beautiful. These two dogs are are tied up. They've got quite a long leash, and and it's sort of <gasps> it connects to a very fancy little dog house. Oh, I love um, them. But the two of them are the two of them are out. They're they're hounds. They look a little bit like greyhounds or something. <gasps> oh, they're so sweet. Look at their jowls, Mister Booker. <laughs> jowls. That that's that's what'll kill you, love. Oh, Mister Booker, please. <laughs> Elucidate how jowls will be the death of me. Anyway, so we need to find a tennis ball immediately. Right. <laughs> we had an off-camera discussion about this <laughs> in the hallway on the, the dogs way. Are, the dogs are barking their heads off. Oh no! They're they're like they're straining a little bit at the at the edge of the leash. Is there a ball? Sort of at the at the, at the leash's end. Is there a ball anywhere? Is there Tell us where the ball um, is. Tell where ball. There is a ball. There's a ball. That's fine. There can be a ball. It's okay. Is it, she has a tennis court. Oh. She has a tennis court. fucking tennis court. Great. Wendy. Yes, Mr. Booker. Give me the ball. <laughs> I, I will do so right away. Um, I go to try to get the ball. You can. I have gotten the ball. <laughs> <laughs> You pick. You go over to the tennis court, and you see that there is sort of like a bag full of tennis accessories. There's sort of like a, I don't know, like sort of maybe an open duffel or something like that. And and you you grab a ball out of it. Wait, how many balls are there? There's like a whole thing of balls. There's like a, a few balls. How many? Can, how many can I hold? Uh, probably like six. I take six tennis balls. <laughs> oh, actually, hey, hey, wait a second. I think I could hold at least eight balls. Okay, that's fine. And that's just in my mouth. I take them. <laughs> and I walk back over to Booker, arms full of balls. And I say, Mr. Booker, look, I found eight balls. Excellent. All right, here we go. You know how me and Claude, we go back a bit. And we've been working on some technology, right? And so we haven't really gotten the way to properly test it. Uh, I, I think right now is as good a time as any, right? Huh. Calm down these pups over here. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> <All right. laughs> Murdoch. I, I almost want to make you roll for whatever you're about to do, but I don't even know what you would roll. Is there like a performance? Is this like magic of sorts? I, this is weird. Would you? It's weird. Would you feel comfortable like... Uh, applying a use magic role to your like mechanical augmentation 
to decide whether there's a glitch when you use it. <laughs> yeah. Not a glitch. Okay. Yeah, on a, yeah, on a seven to nine, there will be a glitch. Hell yeah. All right, I'm going to roll for use magic. Hell yeah. That's going to be a nine. Ooh, okay. On on a seven to nine, there's a glitch. Go ahead, Peyton. Oh, Fuck, never mind. <laughs> I was going to say that, uh, are you loading a single tennis ball or are you loading all eight tennis balls? Because I can see merits to both. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh... He loads. He loads all eight. <laughs> okay. Um. I feel like I have an idea about what the glitch is going to be. <laughs> Why don't you first tell me what you're trying to do? I guess we have to be careful because, like, these dogs are angry at us and want to kill us. <laughs> they're they're riled up. They're they're riled up for sure. Do they want to like? They don't want to like attack us though, right? They're just excited. They're like woof woof woof. You're on my property. <laughs> woof woof woof. You're you know, on like, okay. you know, like how dogs do. You've never fucking met like, a dog in your life. I guess the right, dog is like <laughs> waving, kind of like waving the ball in front of them, being like ball ball, and then like, like uh, the way the yeah. leg cocks is like he's able. It like goes in like an oh, upright position yeah. with like a lever. So why don't you describe also what you need to do to your foot in order to operate this cannon? <laughs> yeah, so he take he takes the foot off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think it's is it is it like a pop socket or is it like a screw? It's like a screw, screws off the foot. Oh my god. Wrenches the leg so that it bends forward at like a 90 degree angle like a cannon and loads like eight and tennis loads, balls into it and, and loads eight yeah because usually or well i guess in an ideal world it would be more like a cannon but tennis balls go in a little bit easier than a. oh fuck is the glitch that the dogs are gonna get hurt because i will fucking beat you up if that's the it glitch. doesn't have so kid he's actually not, he's not the aiming ch- at the dogs he's not okay. aiming at the dogs he's aiming away to like be like ooh, look we could play fast glitches you towards, miss and the dogs die towards crane's house or towards like the back of the garden <laughs> towards back <laughs> yeah towards okay. fraser's house the the possible effects of magic we're going to ignore um the keeper will decide what effect the glitch has. So the dogs love this and it works spectacularly. The balls shoot off in every direction and um, they dart off, just bolt in the other direction of you to go and catch them. Unfortunately, um, the the ball like topples, like there's sort of like a water feature, as I mentioned, and I think it's like, a fairy pouring like water out of a a little vessel like into the fountain and it just knocks the fairy off with a clattering sound uh and and breaks this fountain one of the balls going astray cuz there is they are being pounded out with such force wow um, yeah. wow that's a glitch that is fine <laughs> i don't care at all about this lady's fountain uh she comes she hears that uh, and lady evelyn she sets her tea down and stands up and is like what was that margaret she like like um is is sort of like beckoning to her 
servant. And when she doesn't come immediately, she um, steps out herself and uh, steps into the garden and is immediately pretty much furious. She's like, what are you doing? This is unbelievable. I thought you were just going to cut. How did that happen? How? How did you do that? Him cannon leg out, like, just having a smoke. Lady Evelyn, what sort of a maniac do you invite into your home? Only the interesting kind. I would like all of you out, and I will not make the mistake of inviting you into my home again, you murderer. Murderer? I'm sorry. Th- we were just playing fetch out here. That's a fountain. That's not... I, I mean, as far as I understand it, that's not a person. She's looking at Lady Evelyn. And I and I don't know how Lady Evelyn is receiving this. I think she doesn't say anything. I think she just turns around and leaves. As I think, I think in that silence in which you start to turn to leave, you um, hear a knocking on the door. Wait, the back door or the or the front door? It's the front door. It's the front door of the Milner house. There's like some kind of a commotion going on. Um, you, I think it probably. This is a pretty large house, so I'm not actually sure to what extent you can like really fully hear what's going on. But in this silence, uh, Margaret, who was preoccupied with something, uh, pokes her head um, out of this door, and she says, "Uh, excuse me, uh, but the constable is here." And not the fuzz. Um, stepping out uh, into the garden is a woman in her uh, late, probably later 30s, uh, with her red hair um, tightly braided against her head and a stern look on her face. And um, Lady Evelyn, you recognize her as Detective Constable Rochelle Bailey. And she says, Hi, Lady Evelyn. So good to see you. Good to see you too. Do you have a moment to chat? I have many moments for you. Good, because um, there might be some kind of thing on the loose in this city. And I believe that is your area of expertise. So I've heard. Very well, why don't you uh, sit and uh, Margaret can bring us some more of that wonderful tea. I'd love to stop for tea, you know that, but um, I'm afraid a man is dead. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Dice Fellows is performed live by Percy Langston, Kit Kroll, Peyton Millay, and Aubrey, the Witch of the Bog. It is edited, scored, and sound designed by Peyton Millay. Monster of the Week is written by Michael Sands and published by Evil Hat Productions. Come rain, shine, sleet, or snow, you can reach us at dicefellows at gmail.com. Alia yakta est, motherfuckers. We're not a podcast anymore. We are just a Dave Matthews cover band. Yeah. Gabe. Gay, gay Matthews. Gay Matthews oh, band. Write that down. <laughs> write that down. <laughs> <laughs>